Welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Today, Giant Talk is joined by Keith Nicol, Planning Director and Co-Founder at Flourish Direct Marketing, a specialist CRM agency. Having been a business owner for over 18 years, Keith has a wealth of knowledge around strategic planning, which we'll dig into today. So welcome to Giant Talk, Keith. It's great to have you with us for today's episode. Please can you introduce yourself to our listeners. My name is uh, Keith Nicol, as I've already been introduced. Um, I'm one of the founders of of Flourish. Um, uh, I'm also uh, its planning director. Currently, it's planning director. Um, just a little bit of background about Flourish. We're an independent digital marketing agency uh, with a particular um, specialism in customer marketing and customer relationship marketing or CRM. So um, we started back in 2004. And today we're based in the UK and we also have an office in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Um, and in both those offices, we look to develop and manage CRM programs for a range of businesses uh, across a range of sectors. Uh, and we we support clients with the types of things that uh, CRM needs um, to be successfully deployed. So that's things like planning and strategic development, um, data management, technical platform support, uh, campaign management, and, and of course, comms and creative development. So that's a little bit about us. Thank you. And thank you yeah, for clarifying CRM. I just think being um, in the marketing world, I just assume that everyone gets all of the um, acronyms and things. So thank you for, for just um, explaining that for us. So as Farish is a CRM agency, um, having KPIs in place is second nature. Why is this so important? Well, my background is in is in direct marketing. And indeed, Flourish started life as a direct marketing or a or a direct response agency um, 20 odd years ago. Um, everything that we do and everything we've ever done is rooted in the idea of, of accountability. So in an ideal scenario, every single penny that our clients spend should be measured in terms of um, its effectiveness towards the objectives and the potential return on the investment that that client's making. Um, but there are other measures that can be deployed and employed. So and, uh, other ways of determining the success of a, a project or a piece of work. It's, it's not just revenue. It, it could be about brand awareness. It could be number of customers. It could be mm. contribution to revenue. So KPIs are obviously providing a really natural and uh, logical framework for that measurement. Whatever that measurement is, KPIs is the way that we, we can go about it. Um, and it's a great way for uh, an external partner, such as an agency, such as a CRM partner, um, to assess our contribution to business performance. Um, I think also that different people within the business, within different businesses, will invariably have a different take on what's important and what success looks like. So marketing and CRM specifically sit amidst of sort of a whole range of um other departments um, and they want their metric first they want to see their metric on the on the dashboard or on the report at the end of the day so brand will want kind some kind of sentiment or net promoter score uh, the central product teams might want um, some funnel metrics um, related to engagement um, the e-commerce guys there like everybody else they're really interested in you know, conversion and, and mm -hmm. how much you're actually selling what kpis do is they kind of make sure everyone is aligned with and agreed upon the mm -hmm. most important metric for the business so it's, it's a good discipline to have kpis in place just so everyone knows what's really important Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's good. And like I said, it's important to see and to understand if the business is, is headed in, in the right direction. You touched on it then and you spoke about it when we 
had a chat um, before the recording um, and that you work with clients, you often work with clients on their external strategy. Um, what are the types of issues or challenges that you see with clients when it comes to their strategy? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I, I think, so yeah, you're right. We work mainly with, as an agency on, on external strategies and they, they could, they mainly take the form of marketing campaign planning, but of course it's about media and channel planning or, uh, you know, making audience or data selections, um, could be about, uh, developing an insight or research proposals, whatever we're doing, um, externally, um, perhaps the major challenge is aligning with the internal strategy so mm. it's easy to think of a, an agency partner just push, pushing stuff out into the world and you know putting it into customers making sure it's effective and as as um profitable as possible but actually the the big issue isn't just out there it's back back at the base it's, it's the internal work that needs to be done first crm particularly touches on a lot of different departments and teams within an organization so from marketing to it from product teams to legal compliance, et cetera. Yeah, it, it, CRM is sort of a thread that runs through all of those teams and all of those departments. So for it to be successful, for six, for successful CRM implementation, um, you need all those different business functions to be working to be, together as best as possible. Um, so, for example, IT need to know that uh, the data needs to flow from one place to another effectively. Um, legal must be completely happy that when that data is moving around, it's being used correctly, the right permissions are in place, et cetera. And the product teams, they need to be around because they've got to sign a lot of stuff off. They've got to sign the ads off or the emails and the communication. So everyone's got a part to play. They all need to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially for CRM, which is an external customer-centric strategy to work, it really, really depends on internal functions playing their part. Um, and, and, and aligning. So that's really key. Um, now, the challenge comes is, of course, at CRM, those, those other teams, the internal teams, they look at CRM, they go, well, that's not our bag. That's not what we do. You know, it's not, we don't care. It's not a priority for us that you've got to send an email or a direct mail campaign or, or whatever channel you're using. Their performance metrics don't reflect CRMs. Um, so they say, hey, that's that's marketing's responsibility. Let's let them get on with it. It's got nothing to do with us. So if you find that within an organization, that attitude or that behavior, there's a problem. You're going to find mm -hmm. it really hard to get CRM off the ground. You're going to find it really hard to develop CRM over the years and really optimize and elevate and slowly transform what CRM can do. So I think the main challenge, back to your original question, you know, mm -hmm. the, the types of issues and challenges we see is, is in that misalignment when the internal teams don't see their role in helping people like myself or my CRM client partners deploy effective CRM. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, in that situation where you've got that misalignment and, you know, you haven't got that cohesion between departments, it, you know, brings a whole host of, of issues. You've got teams working in, in silos. Um, what, how involved do you get as an agency in terms of helping them align um, or is it a, a, a case of letting them know that there's a bit of misalignment? Is there anything that you can do? Is it more of an advisory sort of? Um... Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the relationship you've got with the client. In in some situations, yeah. uh, they invite you in to to you know they they're aware that there are challenges in that area, and they'll they'll 
they'll bring you in. It might be that you also bring in other partners to help you with the facilitation of that process because it's very much, it's not just about marketing comms, which is the kind of soft, fluffy stuff. It becomes about um, change management. It becomes about the, how the culture of an organization works. It becomes how, how that organization is physically and structured. So, um, it, yeah, we've got something to say about it, whether or not our words land is a, is a different matter, um, but but it is incredibly important. So you know, aligning those strategies so we get um, the best external execution is is really the million dollar question. That's that's the real challenge, and it's and it's definitely one that's not easily answered. I mean, I'll, ha- I'll have a go at answering it, but it's <laughs> it's definitely a doozy. Yeah, no, of course. And you you touched on um, the change management piece and and culture, you know bigger pieces there that need um, looking at before um, and it's something that we see with um, clients that we work with on on their um, OKR implementation it might be that they have tried OKRs and it hasn't worked um, and they think the problem is you know they can't write OKRs but actually it comes down to they haven't got the right culture in place in the, in the first place for, for OKRs to work and to thrive you know the teams are not engaged they're not really talking and working cross-functionally so there's a yeah a whole host of issues there um just touching on that goal setting framework do you use a goal setting framework either yourself or, or with clients to help them um sort of achieve strategic alignment or or in your own organization um yeah well there are obviously there are some recognized goal setting or, or okr frameworks that 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 are, are there to you know link objectives and key results mm-hmm. um the ones that I will tend to use are the ones that are integrate or link it to initiatives. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about um, objectives and the key reporting aspect. There's a section in there that's about initiatives um, and, and specifically the initiatives required to deliver those results that, that could be attached to the OKR development process. Mm-hmm. So the reason I think that's important is that when you, when you list initiatives, it adds tangibility. So, if your objectives uh, are really ambitious and, and, and they should be, you know, there should be a sense of stretch for an organization. Yeah. Um, the, what the initiatives do, what by, by listing a bunch of initiatives next to those objectives, you are kind of, um, you're making it actionable. You're providing some um, specific deliverables that people can look at and go, Oh, okay. I can, I can see what we are. We're aiming for this thing and we're going to do it through these actions. So people begin to make it, uh, begin to understand it becomes real for people. So I think whatever OKR framework you're using, the, the, the fact that it, it includes those initiatives means that it becomes real for people. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Um, in terms of other tools, I think CRM is often largely incorrectly seen as a as a technology so there are certain methods um sort of strategic alignment m- models that often have greater empathy with it and tech mm-hmm. technological technological processes easy for me to say <laughs> um, um and, and specifically how the technology that an organization has or might need to have in the future how that aligns with business objectives it is a useful model in some regards because technology is a core component of CRM, but it's certainly not the only framework we'd use because one thing about those sort of technically based frameworks is that they tend to bypass the other two really important components, which are people and process. So, um, yeah, useful in places, but there are other things that we need to consider um, uh, to, to implement CRM. 
I, I, I'm an I'm an old marketing hack at the end of the day, and I fall back on some pretty traditional um, models for planning. There's one I'll just quickly mention here, which is um, the planning cycle, which I'm sure people have heard of. Um, the planning cycle, it, it's um, devised by a guy called Stephen King, uh, and not the horror mm-hmm. author, uh, but um, the father of account planning back in the 1960s. He he came up with the planning cycle as a, as a highly simple and completely logical process um, that kind of takes um okr okr uh is you know it, it's very familiar it just uses different descriptives mm. uh, ways of describing the process uh, ways that simple folk like myself can understand a lot easier mm. so it's a it basically asks five questions um where we are um why are we here and they're two contextual contextual questions they lay out the landscape for people to understand where a business is, where where, where the, a company actually is at any one point. The next, the third question is, where could we be? Yeah. And that's really where the objective part comes in and, and laying out the goals. So if we're here, where where could we be in the future? The fourth question is, how could we get there? Uh, and that's very much about, going back to what I said before, the initiatives, the methodology, mm-hmm. the, 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 the direction and the form of travel that's going to get you towards those objectives. And the last question is, are we getting there? And that's really the reporting metric aspect of it Mm. so five questions really simple that take you on a little bit of a journey it's very old-fashioned um but i guess like so many things it's it's proven and it it really is it's simple so people who are you know um from different parts of an organization have different understanding of what you're trying to do it's a really good denominator for them they really understand what you're trying to do when you bring it down to those sorts of five simple questions Mm. And I think just on point three, I think it was number three, where could we be? Mm. Um, that links in closely to the, um, you know, the objective part of looking at your strategy and looking at, you know, what are the big moves? What, you know, can you improve on or um, do you need to change or where do you want to get to into the next the next sort of uh, three to five um, years, maybe as like longer term goals and then um looking at those over the next year and breaking them up into um smaller strategic objectives um and then just touching back on the um tangibility part um when you first started um to answer that point i'm just going back to you know, people and process uh, more the people side um and it, for those colleagues in an organization to to understand how it is and um, how what they do um is valuable and links to the overall um you know vision of the business essentially and i think that um really helps move you know the needle and, and helps motivate your your teams as well so that's I think, really important absolutely i mean i, I think the, the really uh, underestimated um function that a business can play is to encourage communication Mm. I think if you when you use the word alignment, alignment between any two strategies, whether external or internal, relies on people talking to each other and offering up their ideas. I think that means anyone who's responsible for OKR, anyone who's responsible for an alignment project, means that they have to create situations and forums whereby people and everyone involved in in whatever they're doing, in my case, it would be a CRM implementation, but mm. everyone involved in that has that opportunity to share and contribute and really positively influence the process. It's not just one person's responsibility. It is everybody's responsibility to, to get involved. Um, I think increasingly, you know, we're all getting used to this remote and hybrid way of working. 
So the people that are involved in this process are going to be very, very different. They're going to be different locations, different time zones, yeah. different responsibilities, different priorities, different resources. So OKR is incredibly important because it becomes the common ground on which all of those people can share those ideas and share the direction um, that the company wants them to, to travel in. They can all get on that bus together and, 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 and know where they're all heading. So mm-hmm. given the diversity within businesses and, and diversity of thought and plurality of thought is really important in this process, but you do need something that becomes the focus. And that's that's why OKRs are really important because they give everyone this kind of North Star to work towards. Mm. And as you was talking now, I was thinking about the remote work. Um, and I think I read I think it was yesterday or the day before that 50% of... Um, I think organisations have now said that they are going to be fully remote, which is is huge. It's massive. And like you said, things like um, goal-setting frameworks like OKRs, um, I think are are critical. Um, And I like the analogy of getting everyone on the bus in the same direction. (laughs) So I won't steal that one. Um, (laughs) We've touched on it um, briefly, but what impact do you see with clients that do have you know, clearly aligned strategies. What what impact does this have on on their business? Uh, yeah, that's another great question. I think it's it's very easy for um, all those different distinct areas of the business um, to fall into a very routine and regimented way of thinking. You know, a situation where um, actions become habitual and decision making more often than not gets made by taking the path of, of least resistance. Um, certain things get done in certain ways because it's the the way it's always been done and the individuals working within that situation kind of see no reason or or certainly no opportunity to change the status quo so I think what alignment and alignment processes do is they as I mentioned the word before they they create that thread that runs through different functions within an organization it kind of provides a a guide rail for collaboration and integration of of processes and people so one of the most obvious benefits that that alignment brings um, is a process through which all of those silos and all of that regimented thinking can be broken down Um, teams can find new ways to work and importantly new ways to work together Um, and this is the first step towards kind of developing aligned strategies um, and and ultimately aligned kpis but as well as about being those dependent sort of elements of a company together alignment is also a process and i think this is kind of partly ignored or or, or it certainly isn't the primary reason um alignment is also a process through which all those distinct areas of a business can discover or maybe rediscover new ways of thinking about their own discipline the thing that they Mm. do every day i'll give you an example for crm so crm uses first party data so that's data that is collected directly from the customer um, now we use it to do a number of things. We can use it to reach out to, communi- uh, to communicate with customers. Uh, we can analyze it so we can understand customers better. Um, it can be organized into segments. So the marketing that we do is more effective or more efficient. There's a number of ways we can use first party data. Um, but first party data can also be shared with other functions and other people within a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps them improve what they're doing as well. So an example might be that we share it with the social media team and they're able to create specific audience selections to be able to target customers and things like Facebook or Instagram. Um, we might be able to give it to our you know, people in research and the insights team, and they can use it to enrich their customer profiles. 
or we might give it to the media team and they can look at that customer data and they can build lookalike models. So they go, go and find more of the same elsewhere and, and build the customer volume. Um, so I think what's say is often forgotten about is alignment. Yeah, it helps everyone work together, but it also gives people the opportunity to do their job better. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, alignment is a process that enables others to understand more about the thing that you do and shows them how they might take advantage of, of, of that. And I think that's really important because the benefit then is is not the working together. The benefit is the value that I, as as a separate business function, can bring to you. And I think that sort of is is really important, and it's definitely worth stressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think as well, just to add to that, it, it definitely helps maintain focus. Um, and touched on this earlier as well, but I think having that clear, um, aligned strategy, um for those who are not in leadership but those um you know further down in the organization you know doing their day-to-day -day job um knowing how what they do ties to the bigger picture i think um is another i think important benefit of, of having that alignment um, and definitely yeah cross-functional working as well is is, is key as as you've said it is i i i mean i really and it is something of a paradox to describe alignment as a you know, the idea that alignment actually strengthens a business, um, distinct business areas rather. I mean, it obviously does bring people together, but it also the idea that it strengthens those separate business functions is, is a, something of a paradox. Mm -hmm. But I guess in my experience, people, you know, giving people the opportunity to, to do their job better is a real motivating factor. Um, when you talk to them about joining a team or a kind of a working party or, you know, some kind of cooperative that's going to help develop a, you know an integrated function within the business you tend to see heads drop shoulders drop you go, oh god that's just more work but mm -hmm. if you can show them how by working together the thing that they do will get better you know and that obviously helps their own kpis yeah. then you see you get more buy-in you get more engagement with what you're trying to do so you know it, it's it is what's in it for me is is the ultimate question really yeah no i think that's that's, that's really important so finally can you share some advice for our listeners that might be listening and might be struggling to get strategic alignment um in what they can do in order to to create this or to help um as a starting point what they should be thinking about it's quite a broad question i know yeah yeah i mean also i mean i could we, we it's only uh, we haven't got very much longer to <laughs> talk about so, <laughs> exactly yeah i think it's, it's really important to remember that alignment is a process and mm. it's even more important to remember that um processes um are generally very much maligned and they're often held responsible for failures within the business it's the process's fault mm. um, and i think that happens because a process or a bad process particularly is inanimate it doesn't it doesn't exist you know it's um it's, it's sort of um, bad processes i describe them as orphans within a business because nobody wants to own them and, and nobody kind of wants to do anything about making them better nobody wants to take responsibility for them mm. um but it's it's really important to remember that processes don't exist with people without people people are processes processes are people and uh, they don't just magically appear out of nowhere it's people that create them so as a result if you've got a bad or misaligned process it's people only people that can change it uh, alignment relies on people and that's where it gets difficult so you mentioned earlier about you know akr projects failing or not getting the traction that they need to it's because you're dealing with people and, yeah. and people are busy you know people are tired people might think or feel they've got something better to do 
Um, so in that context, when you throw another new way of working at them, another new initiative, a new set of OKRs or, or KPIs, those people, irrespective of how good your intentions are, are probably going to just, as I mentioned before, shrug their shoulders and, and walk away. They go back to their silo because life's much simpler over there. Um, so I guess for what it's worth, my, my one piece of advice is, is before you set out on that alignment journey, and the, the challenge of alignment, is and, and before you even start thinking about what the OKRs might look like, is aligning the people before you align the process. Yeah. So make sure you've done all you can um, so that the people involved feel, I guess, three things. One is that, that they trust each other to, you know, within reason. Um, you know, we don't want overdo it but you know there has to be a level a level of trust the, the second thing is that we need to make sure that they respect the value and the report and the importance of the shared task so the mm -hmm. thing we're going to do together is important and we all share an understanding of why it's important and and the third thing and i've mentioned this previously is make sure they understand what's in it for them so yes it's going to help the business and it's going to ladder up to the business goals but it's also important that it does support their own kpis it does make their job uh, more interesting it does uh, make their work more effective um, now that might mean in the first place to achieve those three things you don't set out um, on that okr project you, you might find something else that you can do as a group you might find a way a different way to bring people together um, which is unrelated unrelated to that specific alignment task it might be that you you work on a smaller or a different project first kind of test the water it might mm -hmm. be that there's a social element that you bring into it um, or kind of extracurricular activity. It might be that before you engage with that wider or bigger group, you 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 tackle it on a smaller group by group basis. You break people down into smaller groups and you build that trust and you build that understanding uh, in a more manageable way. You know, ultimately, although it's time consuming, hopefully, you know, the 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 end will justify the means, or the means will justify the end. I'm not sure which way around it is, but Alignment is about building relationships. So it makes sense to use the time that you've got to build a strong foundation. And then so you don't expect too much just from the alignment process itself, make sure that those relationships are in place. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back to what you mentioned um, at the start around communication, um, you know, bringing people along and, and getting them on board, but communicating well with them, especially with people being at, you know, different in different locations across Zoom. It's not as easy to get people into, you know, the office as you maybe did before in a, a meeting room. Um, so, yeah, and I think that communication. So if, our, you know, changes are to be made or, you know, things are going to look a little bit different um, for the better, it's not a shock to people and they're actually with you along um, the whole the whole journey. After all, you've, we've mentioned people quite a lot, but, you know, they, they are an organization's biggest and I think most valuable asset. So um, let's not leave them behind. 100%. And, and, and CRM is, is, is a classic example of, so say there's three elements in, in CRM. There's technology, there's people, and there's process. Mm -hmm. The one thing we all tend to focus on is technology because it's expensive because mm. it takes a lot of commitment and once it's in the house in the room you know you, it takes a lot to get rid of it or to change it but all the way through that what happens is if you over empathize on the technology you forget about people and process particularly the people so yeah. sometimes you know budgeting resourcing um attention is is apportioned in the wrong place yeah i'm not saying technology isn't important it's vital it's essential but people are the 
the kind of the pivot on which success depends mm, yeah no totally agree thank you so much um keith for joining me today for an episode of giant talk it's been great to talk to you about the work you do um at flourish um, and to dig deeper into strategic alignment um, and the challenges and benefits um it's, it's a, a good topic that we um like talking about a lot at, at there be giants so thank you for joining me today and thank you to you our listeners for joining another episode of giant talk if you have any feedback or or if you would like to get in touch please email growth at therebegiants.com 